Check. Talking shit about death with Diane and Jeff. Yeah, we're all bereft, so get it off your chest. We're talking shit about death. We're talking shit about death. In this episode of Talking Shit About Death, Diane remembers her eldest brother, Michael Sullivan, who passed away at 47 years old on June 15th, 2003. So, September 8th, 2021. Tomorrow's my dad's birthday, which is kind of fun, because he's one of the people that led to this whole thing. So I think we just need a little backstory about why this is a thing, because we started off with a little goofy tidbit for the first one, which is fun, good times. And then we jumped right into me blabbing about Matt dying, and I got all goofy. But the whole point of this is, I've known a lot of people who've died. People, dogs, cats, fish. So Matt was the big one that kind of smacked me in the head that said, I need to do something about this. Actually, when Matt was dying, I heard something on the radio and somebody asked the question, uh, what's the, your first memory? And I was sitting out in the back, you know, writing shit down on a journal, which, which I have a bunch of notes and things, and I, I'll probably scan those and put them on the f- website and the Facebook. Just weird stories and pictures and drawings and doodles. But... Somebody asked, what was your very first memory? And I was like, uh, my first memory is being at a funeral. <laughs> really, when I was probably about three or four or something, whenever you first can remember, I checked it with Monica. I remember just being in a, it was a church. Now I know it's a church, but I just remembered a sad place. And everybody was very sad. And there was this woman in front of me wearing a black outfit. And that's all I remember. So my first memory is, you know, a funeral. And then, um... I kind of forgot things and whatever. But like, you know, my very favorite teacher in high school died. And that's a whole story. And then my friend, a really good friend from high school, hung himself. And he came to say goodbye to me. And that's another story. And, you know, other people, my aunt, my uncle. Then the big one, really, the first big one was my brother Michael, I guess. Because he was 47. And that I was, I don't know, 30-ish, 31. And he got diagnosed with colon cancer, and he was—he died three weeks later. And he was 47 years old. And we had gone to Hawaii, I think, for my brother Mark's wedding, I think. And I told everybody, I was like, don't take lava rocks. Don't take any lava home. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, it's bad luck. Don't take, check everything. Check your shoes, whatever. And so we got back, and then in the summertime, I think, this, so that was maybe January, I believe, and then in the summertime-ish, uh, Michael was like, oh, I got the SARS. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This was like 2003, I think, when the SARS was happening. And then he actually, he was serious. And I, I used to bartend at Red Square, and he would come in and hang out with me, and I'd give him drinks and stuff. And he was joking. He was like, I got the SARS. I don't feel so good. And then he actually was serious. He was like, um, so what happens if you took lava? And I was like, did you take lava? And he was like, maybe and I was like give it to me I was like give it to me 
And so I got the lava from him. He did. He took some lava rocks. So I took the lava and I, you know, in Hawaii, it's really bad luck to take lava because the goddess Pele is the goddess of the volcanoes. And I don't know the exact story, but the lava is what makes the islands and stuff. And if you take it, it's bad luck. So he did like an asshole, even though I told him not to. And so I took it from him and I found this place because the regular post offices there get tons and tons of it sent back. All kinds of stuff. Just people have bad luck and they didn't, whatever. But I, I looked up online, there was a place that you could send the lava back and they do a ceremony with it and they bring it back to the volcano. So instead of just sending it back to the post office in the backyard. So these people wrap it up in tea leaves and they do a thing and they throw it in. So I did that. I thought maybe that would help, but it didn't anyway. And he had colon cancer and he dropped dead in three weeks. Not that it has anything to do with lava, but that's it's involved. And that was a bummer, because that was um, my mom, like, he was in his house in Winooski, you know, on a chair, kind of dying. And we would all go over and hang out with him and stuff. He was really, he was okay with it, it seemed like. He was kind of having a good time. So, here's the thing. So, he was dying at his house. He had, whatever, they, were, they couldn't do anything for him. Also, side note, though, before I go on about that... So he had gone to the doctor a few times, having a pain in his side. And the doctor was like, oh, you pulled a muscle. Blah, 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 blah. It wasn't. It was funny. He had, like, there was something fucking wrong. All this to say, if there's something wrong and you feel like there's something wrong, get a second opinion. Go see a specialist. Don't mess around. Because that pain in your side could be something bad. Anywho. Back to the story. So we were going over and like uh, all my sisters and brothers, except for one of them. We'll get to that another time, too. Um, We'd go over and hang out with them and kind of take care of them or visit and whatever. And when it was kind of go time, when he was really, you know, dying, my other brother Dave was there, who was uh, Dave Carpentier. He was his best friend, and I grew up with him, and he'll come in to play later. But I called him other brother Dave because I had another brother Dave. He was there, and he was just giving him morphine drops. Like, he was like, you, you want more? And, blah, blah, blah. and Michael, you know, he grew up in the 60s and 70s, and he was kind of kooky-badooky hippie. So I knew he, he used to probably, like, take acid and stuff, so I felt like he was probably having a good time. Like, he could deal with this. Like, dying is probably, like, a trippy, weird thing. Plus, you throw morphine on it. It's got to be crazy. Anywho, he seemed to be okay. But then... Everybody was there, you know, Monica and Marie and all my brothers and sisters. But Denise was coming from Phoenix, and he was dying. And uh, Matt, you know, who I wasn't married to at the time, was at my house at the compound. And I was like, Monica was like, I'll go get him. I was like, no, no, I'll go get him. So I was driving home, and it was a day in June, and it was a beautiful day. And I was driving from Winooski to my house in Burlington. I was just driving down the street. I was like, God, it's a gorgeous day to die. That's all I could just think. And when I pulled into the compound, my buddy Eric Durrett and Matt were up in this big tree, like up in the tree. And on the railing, there was a cocktail. And I was just like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're just up in the tree. And I was like, is this for me? And they're like, yep. So I got home and they clambered down off the tree and they had drinks and we did a cheers. And I was like... They were like, how's Mike? I was like, not so good. I had a little cheers, and I was so happy to be there with my friends. It was a beautiful day, and the tree was gorgeous. And we're having a drink, 
boom, my phone rang. And I think it was Monica. I was like, oh, I'll be right there. And she said, he's gone. And I was like, damn it. But I kind of felt like he was like, don't, you gotta, you don't be here. Just go away. It's like, you know, some people get, I know, well, a lot of people, it's a big thing is if you're there when somebody dies or if you're not there or you feel bad or you feel guilty or whatever, but I knew that my brother Michael didn't want me there when he died. He, I think, you know, he much would have rather me hang out with my friends under a tree having a drink, even for just that minute when he passed. And then, whatever, so that happened, and I was like, da, and we, you know, hugged and whatever, and then I went back with Matt, and he was, he had died, my brother had passed, he was there, and that was interesting, like, hey there, you're dead, and the worst part was, you know, his house was up on a little bit of a hill, and my mom and dad pulled up, and like, they were walking up, and that was, oof, that was something, because I can't imagine... You know, I could, you know, your mom dies, your dad dies, your brother, your sister, your friends, yeah, yeah. That's expected. Or or at least your mom and dad are expected to die before you. And your friends and your fan, your other people, it's a toss-up. But, like, to have a kid die, I can't. And I won't know that because I don't have any kids. You know, and thank God because it would. I can only imagine it's the worst thing. And just to see my mom, you know, I ran out and I was like helping her walk up the hill a little bit. And, you know, my dad was, he's a tough guy. It's his birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, dad. Cheers. Thomas. So mom and dad came in. That was interesting. And, um, but Denise, that was a bummer too, because she was a coming. She was a coming from Phoenix. And I think she told my phone, just wait for me to get there. And she was, I mean, she was just about as much as a man, because it was Denise, Donna, Michael. So they were pretty close. They were really tight, you know? And um, when she got there and he was already gone, it was a kind of a bummer. I mean, I, I don't know why I was okay with it. Maybe because I'm, I was younger than him or something, because she was older than him. So a younger brother, that's got to be a drag. So when we were uh, talking about his funeral plans and whatever, well, actually, he was still alive at the time. So Pam, God bless her. Love you, Pammy. If she's listening, she probably won't. But um, love her to pieces, but she was she was kind of kooky. She's just like... Anyway, so we were actually sitting in the kitchen, and Michael was upstairs in the bedroom, you know, probably not paying attention. She was probably doped up and whatever. But she's like, so what are we going to do for the funeral? And I was like... And um, she said that she wanted he wanted When the Saints Go Marching In to be played at his funeral. And I was like... Let me handle that. So I actually, um, I got my friend Jack O'Brien. God bless you, Jack. He used to own Red Square. And um, it was Dave Grippo, James Harvey, and Bruce Sklar. And we got them to be hiding up in the in the rafters at St. Anthony's. So when, the thing I was going to say was like, I gave the eulogy because they were like talking about who's, I was like, I'm going to do it. I mean, I've never done that before in my life. I was like, I'm, that's my job. And I, I really did write a good one. And I think the whole thing was like, um, I believe my whole my whole thing, because he was so much older than me. I, he was, you know, Denise was 16, 15. He was like 14 years older than me. So when I was five, he was 19 or something. Sippy. So I gave the eulogy, and I, I think part of it was sort of like, um, you know, I grew up in a house 
with 10 people and I knew there was this guy with funny hair that used to play really loud music in his room and it took me a while to figure out that he was my brother Mike and then um, I talked about when we were when I was really little we used to watch Canadian wrestling in the living room and it was awesome and he would always make uh, Lipton's noodle soup you know little packets and he would do this thing where he'd stir it up and I would be in there like being like is it ready yet and he'd pull the spoon out and he'd like chase me around like the spoon was hot and I'd be like oh my god he's coming after me and I, I never realized that the spoon cooled off really fast when he chased me but he would just chase me all over the house and he was just such a funny little doofus and when I was a little bit older, he had a motorcycle, and when he was leaving the house, I was like, Mikey, do a wheelie. And he's, he was a quiet, he was kind of quiet, but hilarious. He was like, no, I don't do that. And then he like backed up, and he popped the biggest wheelie going up this hill all the way around the corner. He was just so cool. My brother Mike was so cool, and so, but quiet and cool, and not too much. And I just love that son of a bitch. And like, you know, we got to know each other a little better later on when I was a little older, when I used to bartend. I mean, he was only 47. I mean, it's unbelievable to me that, like, I'm older than he ever got to be. Because when I was 47, I mean, I still feel like I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. And 47 is even more of a kid. But, you know, it, it, we got to hang out a lot. Like, he would come to the bar a lot. And he would come to my house. And he was just a riot. He was a hoot, that motherfucker. Tell you what, funny guy. Like, he went to play golf one time at the um, Basin Harbor Club, and he was wasted. Like, he and his friends, they would just get drunk and play golf. And the Basin Harbor Club has that airstrip, and I guess he was just, I don't know, walking. And, like, I guess he almost got run over by a plane. But, you know, it's a bummer that he didn't get to be older. But at the same time... He was really cool, and he had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of friends. He worked at IBM, and everybody loved him. And, um, you know, he got cremated, and it was kind of funny, because I got some of his cremains, if you will, I think that's what they're called, in a little uh, urn. And I was hanging out at Red Square, because I was having a rough time when he was sick. Like, I would be at Red Square just like... Because I just lived two blocks away and I worked there and I'd get half-priced drinks and I'd sit there and have a bunch of drinks. I might just be crying my face. But, you know, I don't do that normally. But I did a little bit then because it was the first one. And, some, you know, you've seen me. If I get a little saucy, I get a little emotional. And when he died, when we were at the house, he had all these Harley Davidson shirts. A bazillion of them. And after he passed and they came and they took the body. It was the first time I saw somebody zipped up in a body bag and they took him. And, of course, you know... His friends, some friends in our family, and we, you know, what do we do? We start to drinking. I mean, we probably were all along, but so we set to drinking, and I was just like, everybody's kind of like, you know, sad, but okay, and it's like he's finally at peace, whatever. He's not suffering. And I was like, Pammy, is it okay if I give out his shirts? And I went up to his bedroom, and he had stacks of them, like Harley. And I just came down with all of them, and I was just like, you need this, put this on, put this on, put this on, put this on. We were all wearing Harley shirts. And, um, like, this guy, this kid was blowing up bottle rockets out of his face, and it was, like, turned into a party, I think. I don't know. We're blowing shit up, because Mikey liked the fireworks. Anyway, 
after that, and I had a eulogy, and I did that, and it was fun. Oh, and the eulogy was awesome, like because there was a like a, a we had motorcycles, and I was on the back of a motorcycle with other brother Dave. I wore a white tuxedo to his funeral, by the way, but I rode on the back of the bike with um, other brother Dave. But there was a bunch of bikes, and it was so cool because we just drove all through town with motorcycles, and then the the hearse, and we cruised by. Alder Lane, it's like the coolest thing we ever do with anybody in my family. Then when they die, we drive around town and we do a little stop in front of the old family house. God bless whoever lives at 85 Alder Lane. I'm sorry. Don't mean to scare you, but that's what we're doing. And one day it will be me. So whatever. And then he got cremated and I had some of his ashes in a little thing. And I brought it to Red Square and I had it on the table and I was just like, it was when I first got it. And I, I had a martini and I was like, I'm putting a little bit of Mike in the martini. And I was talking about it and I think Matt was there. We were like, cheers, Michael, uh, Sully, whatever. And this dude sitting on the corner of the bar right there, he was like, hey, is that Michael Sullivan? I was like, yeah. He's like, you worked at IBM? I was like, sure did. He was like, I worked with him. And he was like, oh God, he was a fucking awesome guy. I was like, get over here. And he came and sat next to me. He was like crying a little bit. And I was like, he was like, can I have a little bit of him? I was like, of course you can. And so I put a little bit of ashes. He was like, this is amazing. We just, we had a couple of drinks with Mike in him. And it was great. Anyway, and he's dead. We all know people we all sat around and cried. <laughs> We're talking shit about death with Diane and Jeff. Yeah, we're all bereft, so get it off your chest. We're talking shit about death. We're talking shit about death. Thanks for spending some of your limited time here on Earth with us. For more stories, photos, and goodies, go to TalkingShitAboutDeath.com. See you next time.